Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Michael Sandoval and Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers. I'm uh, one of your guests, Michael Sandoval, and with me I also have Chris Detzel. Say hi. Hey, Michael. How's it going? <laughs> it's good to hear you, Chris. And, I never uh, know. Whenever you do that, Michael, I'm like, okay, am I going to say, say my Chris name, Chris Detzel, or are you going to say <laughs> – yeah. So. No, no, no. It's, it's all right. In, in, in fact, as I was saying your name, I was like, well, that was kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a special guest today. Uh, we've been uh, kind of doing a series of special guests uh, who are experts in the field of community. And uh, today we have uh, Valentina Rufoni. Is that correct? That is correct. Oh, it's wonderful. And it's, thank you very much. And, you know, as we mentioned in some of our other social uh, podcasts that uh, we're in the middle of the the COVID outbreak and uh, you are in one of the cities that's uh, kind of suffering a bit. So for that, I want to thank you very much for the time you're spending with us in the, in the midst of all this. Uh, you're from Madrid, uh, currently stationed there. Uh, so I, we can kind of go into that later, if, if you will. But when I just want to say thank you very much for joining us uh, during this time. I think folks are spending some time listening to podcasts now, so they'll probably have a treat uh, listening to us. But uh, before we get in there, uh, tell us a little bit, uh, Valentina, what, uh, what you do and what you're going on today, and we'll kind of uh, jump right in. All right. Well, thank you so much for you both for having me uh, on today. Um, um, as you said, my name is Valentina. I'm originally from the UK, uh, from the south of the UK in Kent, for anyone who's familiar, uh, which is southeast of London. I've been here in Madrid for just over three and a half years. And uh, Madrid is where I actually started my first community. Um, I'm a community builder. Um, I've recently become a community consultant, and I've been an events manager for I guess over 15 years now, um, specializing in in-person events. Um, but obviously now with the, the situation, um, I'm now learning how to bring those events online. Um, and it's, it's, although the, the situation isn't, isn't great, it's definitely been able for me to be able to learn so many new things about community and events. Mm. So like already my, my question started to, to come out. <laughs> um, so one of the first things that came to my head is we've we, we've had the our discussions have been kind of almost like North America focused, right? As far as how how individuals and companies and various community managers are kind of working that within the North American context, um, and I'm sure you've had experience on the North American side as well. But I, I, I'm curious since you're kind of doing a community build, if you will, from a very much European and I'll be very specific Spanish centric environment have, are there any things that you've seen different or things you've had to work uh in some of those building experiences uh that you maybe have not have seen and you're uh, even from the uk uh, if you will just cultural issues or things that you are noticed i mean for me i build all my communities in english so um every single one mm. that's actually here in madrid is is mainly for international people expats that are living here um, so I don't actually have that much of a connection to, to Spanish people um, or Spanish-speaking people. Um, so I haven't actually found that much difference um, because I've just not been in, in that kind of circle. I have, however, been able to meet so many different international people, both online and offline, who are also doing the same thing. So I've been able to learn 
from different people that are from different places in the world. Um, but yeah, I don't because I don't speak Spanish um, or very little, should I say? Um, hmm. Yeah, that, that's I guess that's where I've never thought about it before, actually. But now that you mention it, yeah, I have I haven't actually kind of gone thought about the way I'm doing things in relation to to the culture here. Um, but who knows? Maybe it will change. Oh, no, yeah, no, I, I find that very fascinating because, you know, in, in some of our previous experiences, we've done it uh, in kind of various countries. And, you know, sometimes the community does kind of go in different directions based on just the cultural mores of a of a place. You know, it's interesting. You know, some people are very sharing, some are not. Um, so, yeah, I was just very curious about uh, if you had those experiences. But, you know, being in an international environment, I mean, <laughs> you get everybody, right? Everybody shares differently. Everybody uh uh, experiences things differently, um, yeah, which I pretty, find fascinating. Pretty much. Um, I mean, especially with with my my first and main community, which is Eat Out Madrid. We're talking about food, you know. So, um, being in a capital city, there's obviously a lot of options here for different cuisines around the world. And then you put different people from around the world in that community. People are just sharing what they like to have from home, what they wish they could have here, and it's just it's just such a positive environment. I mean. If, if you can't be positive around food, then I, I don't know where you can be positive. And oh, I agree. Had, had you always had a fascination with food? Are you a foodie yourself? I I have always loved food. I never realized. <laughs> I love, love food. I mean, I what kind of question is that? <laughs> we I all love food, Michael. Now, um, once you start working with food and and getting people to talk about food every single day, going out and eating at places, reviewing at places, um, you, you realize that, you know, you can't, you just cannot live without food. Um, when I'm eating, I'm, I'm always thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. Once I've eaten, I'm usually hungry again. Um, <laughs> um, Where's the next restaurant? <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry yeah. again. Six it, hour, five hours later. Fine. Um, and now because I, I, in, in the community, I, I try and get people to focus not just on the food about the whole experience and what was mm. the atmosphere like? What was the service like? Was there any background music? What was the presentation like? So when I go into restaurants now, it feels like I'm working because I'm like looking around, making like these mental notes. And sometimes I can't quite enjoy it because I'm all, I feel like I'm always on as a community mm. manager making sure that I'm finding the best places for people when sometimes I really should just kind of take a s- step back and just enjoy it for what it is. Yes. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to turn off, you know, us, right. We're constantly mm-hmm. kind of in this, in the middle of it. So I totally get it. You just I have in the a question for you, Valentina. Sorry to interrupt, Michael. No, go ahead. You, that. Um, you know, as you kind of look at that particular community, right. So you had to go in the, restaurants kind of understand what's you know the lighting the Mm -hmm. the environment but obviously that's changed i mean people are probably picking up food now and you know what are you doing now or if anything you know to kind of keep the keep that kind of community going is it i'm very interested so with with all this stuff going on i actually created quite a while ago a second community called eat in madrid because what I found was is a lot of people were talking about restaurants and talking about what they wanted to cook at home. And I really wanted to keep eat out as eating out, which is restaurants. So I created the second community to kind of split the people up almost. Um, 
or well, not, they could be in both groups, but, you know, split the topic up. And in fact, what's happened is there's been a complete shift and everyone has now gone over to eat in Madrid. And I cannot tell you how many posts I have to approve a day of people's breakfast, of people's lunch, of people's dinner. Like last month, we had 802 posts. Amazing. 20k of comments and reactions that I just I can't keep up with it and I I this was never part of the plan you know um I just <laughs> started of community lunch and dinner and then people are like oh we're going to share every meal we're having so yeah that's what's happened um pretty much but in eat out and it, go ahead sorry Right, yeah, in Eat Out, people are still sharing what they're getting from delivery or where people can go and um, get um, foods from places that are still open because we can still go out here to get food and groceries. Um, you just can't do anything else. So people are sharing that. I'm encouraging people to share the places that, that they want to go and visit once we can go out and just keeping that, you know, keeping the fact that we, we are going to be able to go out soon. Um, on their forefront rather than just kind of panicking because I think there's a lot of panic in the air right now. Um, so I'm trying to eliminate that by see, getting them to see the end of the tunnel wherever that is. Um, hmm. So that's what I'm doing. How did, no, I think it's uh, it's just amazing how uh, as human beings, we, we have to seek out connection in some way. Right. And it's just amazing how if that can't be done physically in a face to face environment, we just immediately go to the channel or the environment that allows us to still mm -hmm. do it. Right? And I just find that very interesting about humanity overall. And it just makes sense as you're kind of talking about your story as a, you know, eat in. It's just people trying to do the same. They're just trying to connect and they want to share that experience. I, it's, I think it's absolutely fascinating. Very fascinating. How did you. So I, I'm very curious about eating because it's it's the story. And I'm, I would like to know the story of how that started. How did, how did that begin? And uh, what, I mean, how did you start it? How did you kick it off? So I was, before moving here, we were living in Abu Dhabi in the UAE where I was a, a flight attendant. That, but that's another story for another podcast. Mm -hmm. And right, um, right, right. at the time, three and a half, four years ago, Facebook groups were really popular I got invited to a group there that was similar in that it was recommending places to eat and drink. And when I moved to Madrid, I was just overwhelmed by the amount of places that are on like one street, small little bars, small little restaurants. And I just, I thought to myself, how am I going to know like which places are the right places to be eating at that have good food, good service where I want to, you know, spend my money. So I, I decided to create a Facebook group, um, mainly for myself, really, to find out where to go. And that's how Eat Out Madrid was born. And three and a half years later, it's six and a half thousand people um, normally sharing the best places to eat and drink in Madrid. And it's a very active community. Um, as I said, about maybe a year or two ago, Things got too much with the eat out and eat in, and I wanted to keep the focus on eating out. So that's when I started Eat In Madrid and actually didn't really kick off, to be honest, until now. So um, we have two thriving communities, people just talking about food 24 hours a day. That's amazing. And did you do any like um, promotion or just kind of kick it off? It was just more of a, uh, what's it called, like a organic uh, growth as a result of it? 
Um, for Eat Out Madrid, I spent in the beginning, because I had no idea what I was doing, I spent hours and hours every day promoting in other groups, sharing, inviting people, um, private messaging people that have commented on other people's posts. Um, and yeah, it took a lot of work, but I think especially here in Madrid where, where Facebook communities are so popular, if you don't have a certain amount of people in them, people almost think that maybe it's not worth joining because there's not exactly. there, there isn't enough people and therefore not enough value. Um, so that's what I did at the beginning. Now I don't have to do that much promotion. In fact, a lot of the members uh, are tagging Eat Out Madrid to other people. Great. <laughs> So I don't have to do it anymore. But yeah, it, it, in the beginning, it, it took a lot of work and I was doing it by myself. And, and still now I manage that community just myself. I don't have anybody managing it with me. Um, I do it all alone because um, I, I like to do things myself. Um, and <laughs> it's hard to let go. I'll, I'll put my hand up for that. It's hard to let go of your baby, you know, and let other people. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, Martina, because uh, – won't talk about this a lot, but just kind of, I have a Dallas running group. It's called DFW running group. And I spent, and I've, it's been open for years and I didn't do a lot of marketing or anything else. And I think I have like 900 people in it now, but, but it took off in a big way, you know, especially when um, people, it started to take off, but then it started to really take off when COVID started to happen. Right. Because people want post their runs they want to say i am exercising and, and and it's just people are craving uh some of this uh, uh connections and, and, and it's just kind of remind me it's like you know that makes sense and and uh it's interesting because facebook everybody uses it right and so uh, it's, it's a great little story so yeah for sure and I mean, there's a lot of people out there that that don't like using Facebooks to build community because of of the the data capture for that. But I genuinely believe if you're going to create a community, you should create it on the platform where your your target audience are. And here in Madrid, that's where most people are. They're in and out of groups. They're they're on Facebook all the time. So this for me is the, the perfect platform to capture all those people, keep them engaged. And, and grow the community because people are sharing it with other people. Mm. I'm curious to know, like, do you have uh, a specific goal in mind or is it just, hey, you know, I want to connect with these people that are eating stuff and I want to continue it? Or do you have kind of like some, you know, uh, are you trying to maybe create some T-shirts or whatever to kind of, you know, make money off of it or anything? Like that? I don't know if that's an appropriate question, but I'm always thinking that way. You know, how do I do you like monetize this it, thing forward? Yeah. Monetize it or I don't know, like what's or is there some reason that you you are doing this besides, you know, you care about food, you know? So in the beginning, the, I wasn't intending to make money. I kind of go through waves of, of coming up with ideas of how to make money and then trying to put that into action. And a lot of the, the ideas I've come to have been working with restaurants but with the language barrier, obviously, that makes it difficult. I've just got so much else going on that I I feel like if I was if I was going to try and make money, it'd have to be with the uh, with the right idea, and also I would want to make sure that it, it we didn't lose the community aspect um, of it. And right now, with people just kind of sharing places, 
to eat or sharing their, their meals. To me, like I'm, I'm completely happy with that. Um, it, I do think once you start adding money into the equation, things do start to get difficult and, and there isn't really a, a right time to start making money. Um, but I've got so many other side projects and other jobs that I do um, that some of them, sometimes you just have to keep some things a hobby or, or, or a side hustle or, or a project, um, a passion project. And I think this is one of them. Yeah, I think I do some of that too with that uh, Facebook group I have. I just kind of test some things. It's like, huh, I wonder if this works, <laughs> you know? And then, it's like, ooh, maybe I can do some things on my uh, community that, you know, uh, for my uh, for my community that I run as a, as a, a business, right? So, or, or for my company. So I use it as, it's fun, it's something I like, but I can also test a lot of things, you know? I mean, one of the good things that's come out of this is because the community is quite large now, it's one of the only, if not the only Facebook community, active community on recommending food and drink places is that restaurants reach out to me asking me to come and try their food. So I guess that's indirectly making money in, in the form of food. So I do get out, go out free and food. go free food. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they're very generous. So I think do you I'm get free beer with that. How about sometimes, free beer? Sometimes free okay. beer. I mean, we're in Madrid. I mean, people are drinking beer all day long. Um, oh, so. <laughs> it is kind of crazy. <laughs> Well, you know, you you had mentioned that you have a lot of other projects going on. So one of the things I'm also interested in is because uh, we were talking about it early before we started the conversation about you know one of your fortes is around external events or I'm sorry live in person events rather, mm-hmm. and this kind of idea or this thing you're you're trying to uh, uh, I don't know if it's the word uh, build in or kind of strap on on top of it is this high idea of high taking that offline event and throwing it online, right? And so I think one of the Mm -hmm. expert, you know, kind of the areas of expertise is around that subject. And, uh, you know, I'm curious, one is an an example of how that, how you see that today, because we're all familiar, we've all been to offline events. But I think one of the things I've, I've talked to companies about is how do you extend that in person over the longer period of time, you know, which is this whole offline piece. I'm sorry. Yes. uh, Online piece rather. And curious about your experience. I mean, how did, you know, do you have a platform? Do you use it today? How do you, you know, work that into your events and especially in today's environment? So, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the community. So um, with the with the eat in and eat out communities, I've, I've been using obviously Facebook. Their, I've been using their Facebook live option a lot to go live. I've been doing weekly food and drink trivias on a Saturday night um, mm. because I used to work on a cruise ship. And I'm, I've got experience in entertainment. I was an entertainment host. I have loads of trivias on food and drink. So I've mm. been entertaining people every every Saturday. Um, right. And no and no problem getting in front of the mic. No problem getting in front of the mic or the video. Um, I mean, you can't see it now because we're not on video. But, yeah, I'm, I've, I have no problem with that. So I've been doing that. We've been hosting on Zoom, cook-in-together events, eat-in-together events where we've been doing virtual dinners. So we're all sitting there with our laptops eating our mm. dinner, chatting to each other, um, which, is, I mean, it, it doesn't get a huge crowd, but, you know, people appreciate what you're doing for the community and, and bringing people together, um, especially now with some people here in Madrid, they are by themselves, you know, and they want to have that connection with people, um, be it 
on online if that's what it has to be during this time. So um, I've been using those platforms. Um, I have another uh, offline-only community, which is an English club, which I do at a, um, a, a pub in the city, which I'm also a Duolingo global ambassador as well. So I host events for Duolingo, for people that are learning English on the app. And what we've done with that is I've taken those online. So we meet every week normally. Um, so what I've done now is I'm doing online events using icebreaker video. Um, oh, very cool. Bring people on, they get paired together. And yeah, it's just a chance for them to speak in English with each other. And I give them questions. And yeah, it's just a, a networking event. So yeah, I've been using lots of different platforms. I've been speaking to people, finding out about different ones to see which ones could work because... I think it's important to to see what works for your community and not just using the same as what everyone else is doing. Um, and test things out. This is the perfect time right now to see what works and what oh, doesn't. Absolutely. Amen. I agree. It's do it now. <laughs> yeah. And some things will, will not work. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, you have a captured audience right now. Try exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so I'm trying all sorts. Um, there's also Toasty that I'm trying. I'm trying Teo as well, which um, I learned about last week. So I'm, I'm all on the online event scene right now. Um, so it's going to be difficult to switch back, actually, to offline. <laughs> um, or maybe I'm going to do both. I don't know. Um, we'll see. So, so uh, from some of these technologies just mentioned, uh, so one of the things is from talking with you, I, I can tell that you can engage individuals very easily. So there's a fluidity about that and kind of pulling people through. Um, do, it, it's, it sounds like a lot of these engagements are in a, like an online face-to-face, like, you know, as you're, you're, you're gathering together in a zoom environment kind of live engaged uh, moments do you ever carry it offline i'm sorry not offline i have to be careful how i say these words but in a form conversation or in groups in that kind of manner kind of carrying on the conversation that you have at that moment or time um there isn't much i guess of long conversations i'm um, going on um no it's i mean it's really a lot of kind of short engagements with people. Not that I mm-hmm. could, I have a problem with long engagements. It's just with food. Um, it's a lot about, you know, what people are posting. How did you make it? Where did you go? Um, mm-hmm. And rather than long conversations, I guess the longest conversations I have are with my, um, with the people that come to the English club um, every week um, because I'm trying to get them to talk um, more in English to practice. Um, but other than that, it's, it, it's quite short conversations. I mean, I am also one of the CMX connect hosts here in Madrid. Um, me and another girl, we run monthly in-person events for community builders. So I guess that is one of the other communities that really kind of has more going on in terms of conversation, um, because I'm helping people out with their communities and that's, what's kind of led me to, to become a community consultant, um, so yeah, I guess that that's that's really. I've never thought of that before. I guess I'm very... <laughs> no, no. Well, well, yeah. maybe we're just. No, it, yeah, no, but it makes me think. It really does. No, because sometimes no, no. no it, it's, what's, what's fascinating about this again? Think about some of our listeners and stuff. So, I, I, just in our conversation, I'm writing down some notes, and I'll I'll recap and some things that uh, I hope some folks take away, and that I have also kind of take away as a result of our conversation too. But I. 
what I've been hearing here, what's been interesting, and I think of this idea of experimentation and understanding, I think one of the takeaways I'm hearing is this idea of some of our listeners are spending or spend a good amount of time in just making sure that they carry it on through a forum conversation. You know, they're engaging in a forum perspective, but finding the right opportunity to have a come together moment, especially in this time, to do a live event online with some of your you know, favorite community members and have a subject to talk about, right? Something that's short and sweet is highly engaged. It's a very highly engaged audience. Um, it You get to see face-to-face your other cohorts, if you will. Uh, and I'm just, you know, like that part is very interesting to me. Like how, you know, how to, uh, if there's a piece of folks to take away from this one is like, go experiment with that, kind of figure that out, how to go put that into your community uh, of choice, right? How do you, what does that look like, right? And yeah. and I don't I don't necessarily have any good good kind of tidbits to start or where to go from. But and I'm curious if you do. But I, one of the things I'm hearing from the way you approach it is about finding a very core common thing that you share with that community. Where a very specific food, a very you know learning English in a Spanish environment, you know creating a very specific uh, call to action that that's what's going to happen at this moment, right? Maybe that's kind of part of it, but uh, this part, that's what I'm I'm taking away from the conversation. I don't know if you have any other thoughts around that. Yeah. I mean, thinking about all of the communities I manage, like they, they've all been created because I have a connection to that topic. Um, Obviously the eat out, I I created it because I wanted to find these places to eat. Um, The English club, I'm a native English speaker. I, I want to help people. Um, also learn learn English. I'm not an English teacher, but here in Madrid... The you, people, you have some years' experience with it. Yeah, exactly. I have a few years that my English is okay, so yeah. like, <laughs> uh, okay with it. Um, and obviously community with CMX Connects, like that, those are my people, you know? And I, I think in yeah. all of these communities, what I take away from it is I'm also learning. And I think that's important when, when you do start a community is... Um, that what's in it for you as well, not just what, what value are you bringing to the members and, and how you're engaging them. Like how, what are you getting from this? Um, because that, that motivates you to continue to want to engage and get people talking and create content. Um, so yeah, that, I guess those are my, my tidbits, but actually you mentioned, we're talking about the forums and I've actually noticed now within this time, like people in my communities they, they don't want to engage in a conversation. They want to leave one-word answers or they, they, they just want to use emojis a lot. So I've been really focusing on like very easy questions that people don't have to think about too much. Um, ah, now that's interesting. Still focusing on the topics um, because people, I feel like, I don't know if you would agree, but when being at home this amount of time, you feel like you've got so much t- extra time, then you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and you burn yourself out thinking that you need to work a lot <laughs> more. And then you get to your downtime, which I've, I'm working on getting more downtime, and then you just you haven't got the 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 brain width to to engage on a deep uh, level 
with other people. So that's why I've been asking people like, describe your weekend meals in emojis. And people are like giving all these random emojis. And I'm like, great. Okay. Like, <laughs> great. And then I might ask a question like, oh, you're a, you're a pizza lover, just like me. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, what's your favorite pizza? And that kind of thing is very easy. You don't have to think about it, but also I hope fun and engaging and, and within the topic. Oh yeah, it's it's absolutely brilliant. I I, I enjoy the stuff like that. Um, where I, I, Chris, I don't know if you ever thought. I just I know we're going to get close to the end, but I I just wanted to. There's four points from our conversation. Hoping to mind just me kind of summarizing some things that I heard uh, from listening points. Um, one of the things you said was at the be- one of, somewhere in the conversation was around, and because I I I won't say harp. That's a terrible term. I believe in this uh, subject, which is this idea that go to where. If you want to start a community, go to where your community is, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about Facebook and, you know, if I wanted to start that off, that's where it is, right? So we have a lot of debate about, I know Chris and I have had this debate once before about, you know, do you start your own community from within a brand or from within an own, uh, uh, you know, you create it from scratch or do you start it from within some other form that's already available, right? And I think as people kind of start their community, they kind of have to go through that process about where are people talking today, right? That's one. Yeah. Where are you, the people um, that you want in your community? I think that's absolutely really important question. Important. Absolutely important. You have to go through that uh, maceration, if you will. Uh, the other one is uh, this, this concept of a passion project, right? So I, we were talking about, you had some other things that are going on, but I love this idea that because uh, I have those too, uh, that there are activities you do in your daily life, but then there's these passion projects and maybe one of them is in this idea of the community. I think that's where you've taken your passion project, but mm-hmm. I think we all should have some creative uh, escape, if you will, right? I think that's really good. Um, oh, the third one is around, we have a unique opportunity. I don't know if it's unique because it's a terrible oppo- it's a terrible situation going on, but- but it is an opportunity, right? Just to go try some stuff, right? Go out there. Uh, you have a captured audience uh, and give it a go, right? I mean, if it yeah. fails, it fails. You move on. That's all right. But what will come out of this on the other side is a maybe more focused, more tuned in community strategy. And since this, you know, since some of your experience has been around this idea of doing maybe a off online event <laughs> you know maybe one of the experiments is how do you do that you know kind of zoom-esque if you will type of a community event right i think it'd be mm-hmm. fascinating um and one thing i've just from talking to you i think that I, I think i share with all community managers as they should is this idea of bring out your personality uh you were talking about this passion about food and other things and i think if you treat this mechanical your community will be mechanical but if you treat it as a passion and a thing that you enjoy, your community members themselves too will feel that as well and commit to it just as well. And I think if you have that focus, then you're in the right job, right? I don't know if you agree to any of those points, but that's kind of how I've no, yeah, that's from perfect. The and if you, if you, I think it's also important that if you lose your passion, which I hope you you never do, is this hasn't happened to me yet, but being able to pass the torch on to somebody else that's maybe been a member for a while that can take over that passion, who has that passion. Um, because at some point there's going to be a time where I'm, I might need to have to pass it on to someone. So it's, it's important to, you know, think about those things and, 
There mm. are so many other people that are as passionate as you, and that's why they're in the community, and that's why they're 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 loyal, and that they they stay there and they promote it to other people. So let them be involved um, in 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 what you're doing. Yeah, that's great. I, I actually agree with that too. Um, Chris, I don't know if you had any final thoughts or. or... I, I did, and it's something I want to start asking everybody, and for some reason we don't. Uh, but. Can you talk about one or two of your favorite beers? Do you do you have one? <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Well, I I'm very. I mean, obviously, being Sp- in Spain, we do have a lot of our, yeah. our own beers. So Mau is the local beer. It's pretty cheap and cheerful, yep. as I like to call it. Um, mm-hmm. So there's Mau, and I don't know. I mean, I guess. I, with my name, which I'm sure a lot of people are thinking that my name is very Italian. Um, I always say that I got mixed up in the machine. I came out with um, red hair and I'm, I'm not very tender. Um, but I do love pasta and pizza. So I feel like I should maybe mention an Italian beer here. Um, um, so Peroni, maybe, a Peroni beer. Um, mm, yeah. as, uh, as long as it's cold, of course, it's important that it's cold. Um, and in the right glass, you have to have the right glass for the right. Drink. I agree. Uh, so uh, Americans don't do that very well, by the way. Um, yeah, here's no, a can, and here's a glass. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Depends. You know, wine. You don't put wine in a, in a in a soda cup. You know, it's yeah. exactly. I mean, if you have, if you have to, if right, you have Michael? to, yes. But in, in you know, desperate times call desperate measures. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give you that. But in general. Yeah. If you have the right glass, it will taste so much better. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like Coke in a bottle. You know, it tastes so much better than Coke, Coke in a can. A oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's wonderful stuff. So, well, thank you. No, oh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Valentina, for your time. I uh, really, really appreciate it. A wonderful conversation and uh, good tidbits. I thank you so very much for sharing your experience. And uh, with that, uh, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Peers Over Beers. My name is Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Detzel. All right. Thank you guys very much. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon.